Super. All right. Hey, I am uh, excited uh, for this message. I'm going to jump right in uh, because this passage I have chosen, as I studied it this week, it is so chuck full of amazing pictures of beautiful good news for us. Anybody ready for some good news? All right. It's the second week, the second week of a series, five weeks, where we're just looking at what the scripture calls good news. All right. Now I know there's four types of people here today, potentially four groups, different groups of people here today. Some of you are here and it's church, but maybe, uh, during that 167, you know, God's not really a part of your life. You maybe might be interested in him. Um, you're not maybe interested in following him at this point, but, but you're here and you think that's, and that's fine. That, that I, there's so many people, most people that we know in the world today just feel like, okay, you know, I'm pretty good. Um, not getting God too much into me and not following what he wants. We've got some people who are just very cool with that. And some of you might be here today. And we're so glad you're here. Today's message is for you. Uh, there's a second group of people. Um, you don't quite yet believe in God either. And yet it's just the opposite. Life isn't all that great. In fact, the truth is you feel like because of some of the things that you've done in your life, that God may want absolutely nothing to do with you. I think there's a lot of people who actually feel like God might be angry with them. There's a lot of people who live with guilt and we live with shame and it causes us to hide and put on masks. Some people hear constant voices of accusation and condemnation. And the problem with those voices, anybody else hear those? Like I hear those. The problem with those voices is there's always evidence to prove that they're true. And so some of you have come here today and you're struggling with that weight of some of the decisions you've made in your life and you feel like God's really far away from you. There's another group here, and those of you who actually do believe in Jesus, you've put your faith in Christ, um, you actually understand that he died to save you from your sin and to reconcile you to God and you're forgiven. And yet, even though you know that's true, there's this thing that you did, though, a while back, and it could be a while back, but it was just a little bit bigger than anything else you've done. And you really hurt somebody. And you still feel like you're paying the consequences for that. And you're still feeling the shame and the guilt because of something you've done in your past. And you're not free. You're not free. Or you believe in Jesus and you have this thing that you can't stop doing. There's this sin that just seems to have captured you and you do it over and again and then you ask forgiveness and you do it over again and you keep doing it and you're not free. And so, um, oh, I'm sorry, I looked at the fourth person. I'm like, that's not what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> and so, so we've got people who are like, hey, I'm not really walking with God and that's Okay. You have other people going, I'm not walking with God and it's not okay and I'm feeling the weight and the guilt and the shame. And then you got people saying, well, I am walking with God and yet I'm really struggling to do it. And I'm not sure if he's really forgiven me for what I've done or the struggle that I'm going through. Then there's a fourth group and those of you who are actually free. You're actually free. You're at peace. You're full of joy. You know you've messed up and you know you're still a little bit messy. <laughs> and yet you still are okay. You know at the deepest core of your being 
that you are forgiven by God and you are free. And I just want to tell you, if that's you today, then I'm hoping that this message will help you to be better equipped. Part of our, our goal here is to equip you to be able to help some people who are struggling. So somehow, no matter what group you're in, I think what God wants to tell us today is good news for every single one of us, all right? But I do want to say, as I've been sitting with us this week, if you walked in today and you're just not feeling that great, if you're looking in the mirror and you're really struggling, maybe you've got some shame and some guilt, I got good news for you today. You can be absolutely free. And that's where we're going. All right, we're gonna be looking at a portion of a letter that was written to a church, okay? We're gonna be in the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible, you can open up Colossians. It'll also be up here. The very first verse in this letter to this church says to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. So as I read this portion, you need to understand when he wrote this letter, he was writing to Christians, right? He was writing to the church, So all of you who are here today, if you are already a Christian, then today's message is basically, this passage is saying to you, hey, remember what is true about you. Remember what is true. You are free. Okay, so when I'm going to read it here in a second, listen with those ears. But if you're here today and you haven't put your faith in Christ and you're not a Christian, then this letter, as you're listening to it, listen, you need to listen to this letter as if it's saying, this is what could be true of you. This is what could be true of you. You could be absolutely free from any of the heaviness, any of the guilt, and any of the shame that you're feeling. All right, so here we go. Colossians chapter one, verse 12. We give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then starting in verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you in Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. I love that verse. But you must continue in the faith and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance that you received when you had heard the good news. All right. So the first thing that we need to look at in the, in, in, that this scripture is showing us is there actually is the bondage and the separation of sin. The bondage and the separation of sin. So he said four things here. 
Number one, he said that we actually live under a kingdom of darkness. Okay, he rescued us from a, a kingdom of darkness. And what that, all that means, you guys, is a kingdom. We talked about that last week. It's a rule. It's an authority. It's a power. Here's the truth about every single human being. We all lived, when we are separated from God, there is a spiritual power that every human being battles. Every one of us. And it's a power of darkness. And that, that shows in the other things he said. He goes, you end up being enemies in your minds. Okay, one of, the, one of the metaphors of darkness, it means you can't see, right? You can't see. So I can't see the truth. Light is always truth in, in the Bible and darkness is always uh, deception or lies. And he says, you end up being enemies in your minds. He goes, in another place, it says that the God of this age blinds the minds of those who don't believe. So next thing you know, you're enemies in your minds because you can't see because you've been blind. You're under the spiritual power and you actually end up thinking things that are in opposition to God. That's it. Some of the other scriptures will say that. Your, your mind is hostile to God. You think things that are the opposite of who he is. And, and, and you guys, and this is why we have mercy and grace on every person because every person is under the spiritual power power, this kingdom of darkness. Now, the other thing of darkness, the metaphor is also not just truth and light. The metaphor is also a darkness that it's for everything that is wrong. You know, it's kind of like when you watch a movie and you go, Ooh, that was a dark movie, right? So when something is dark, it, this is the habit. He says, you are full of evil behavior. So now your mind is blinded. I'm not thinking. I, I don't think in line with God. And that leads me, therefore, to do things that are in opposition to God. And here it says you are actually full of evil behavior. You guys, this, and we all know this. By the way, if any of you are sitting there going, oh, those evil behavior people, it's you. All right, so it's me. All right, it's any bondage to addiction. It's, we, we, some of us are doing behaviors that we don't want to do, and it's darkness because it's destroying us. It's every behavior pattern that destroys relationships. Every, any, anything that we do that isn't love. And I, I don't have time. I could read the scriptures. They just list them off. But you know, you know where selfish ambition, where selfish nature takes over, and it's hurting everything around you. That's, that is evil behavior. It's destructive and then, and here's what we need to understand. He goes, you live into this kingdom of darkness, the spiritual power. It blinds your mind, so you end up being hostile to God. You think differently than he does, and that leads you into behaviors that are destructive. And then the worst thing he says, he says, and then you're alienated from God. And now you're alienated from God. A right relationship with God is broken. You're separated. In another scripture in 1 John, it says, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. God is light. He is everything that's true. He's everything that's good. He's everything that's right. Did you hear what this said? If we walk in darkness, if our mind is hostile to God and we do things that are opposite of what he wants. He goes, there's no way that light can have fellowship with darkness. 
we end up being separated from God. Now, as I was thinking through this, I think this is what category one, the first group, they just think, I'm good. I can walk in darkness. I can do things that are different than what God wants. And we're, we're okay. God loves everybody. No, he does love everybody. But he can't have fellowship with you. He can't be in relationship with darkness. And this is the biggest problem. And by the way, I also, there's many people who profess to be Christians, who say, I'm a Christian. And yet, will continually just do things that God doesn't want you to do, and you don't even feel wrong about it. There's no remorse. And the Bible says, hey, if you're actually been saved, if you actually do believe, you won't just keep doing something, and that doesn't mean you won't struggle with it. It means you won't willfully do it with no remorse. You just won't, because God can't have fellowship with that. Now, you guys are sitting here and going, wait a second, this is bad news. I thought the series was good news, <laughs> okay? But as a, the best news, you guys, the best news is the good news that counters bad news, all right? So if I, if I uh, uh, looked at Mariah, hey, Mariah, guess what? You don't have cancer. Okay, well, she knows, she, right? You know you don't have cancer. Last week, I shared with you all that I had a biopsy, biopsy, right? To someone getting a biopsy and they say, you don't have cancer. Now, now that, no, no, that's good news. To the person who has cancer and the doctor comes and says, you don't have cancer. That's great news. And what God is saying is, hey, y'all, you got cancer, Every human being lives in the spiritual darkness, this power. He goes, but I have good news. I can heal you from that. I can set you free from it. I can absolutely forgive you for anything and everything and bring you back into relationship with me. All right? So now we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about the freedom and the reconciliation that happens through Christ. In Colossians 1, 19 and 20, he says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through him, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things. Colossians 1, says, But now he has reconciled you in Christ's physical body through death. You guys, here's the, here's the greatest news. If you know, if you're sitting here today and you're feeling in your heart, I feel far from God. I feel like he's totally disappointed in me. I'm sure he's angry with me. If that's what you're feeling and if that's the shame you're feeling, what this verse says, God looks at you and he says, and God reconciles you to himself. God is saying, what that means, you guys, is he does all the work. God does all the work to actually bring you back to himself. It's crazy. As human beings, we think that we actually have to do things to win God over. But here's the truth. God's actually trying to win you over. Listen to me. This is super important. You don't have to do things to get God to win you over. 
If you need his forgiveness tonight, I'm telling you, you don't have to do anything but believe what I'm going to share with you because God is the one who says, I want you. I want you. I want to be in relationship with you. And so God moved and did everything that was necessary to get rid of the alienation, to bring people back together with himself. God, he reconciles everything to him. Hey, he loves you. I don't care what you've done or what you didn't do. You need to hear this today. He loves you and he wants you and he wants to be in fellowship with you. And I'm gonna go through five things in the scripture that show you that he does all the work to bring you back into relationship with him. All right? This is fantastic news. How does Christ's death? Because he says he has, God has reconciled you in Christ's physical body through death. That's how we did it. So how does Christ's death accomplish reconciliation? How does Christ's death accomplish reconciliation? If you're a Christian, this is what it's all about, the cross. And if you're not a Christian, I just want to tell you this is what it's all about. This is why Jesus Christ came to reconcile you to God. Number one, Christ's death accomplishes reconciliation because God forgives you. God absolutely forgives you. Colossians 1.14, in Christ, we have the forgiveness of sins. Do you hear that, Christians? <laughs> in Christ, you have the forgiveness of sins. The definition for forgiveness is to pardon. It's to pardon. So basically, when somebody does something wrong to you, and we all feel this, you just automatically go, you owe me. <laughs> you owe me. And the truth is, you guys, there is always a price to pay when somebody does something wrong. When there's a sin, there's a price to pay. That's why we have prisons <laughs> and jails. That's why you get a fine. <laughs> we call, the person has to repay their what? Their debt to society. You owe somebody something when you do something wrong. But when you forgive someone, what you're saying is, I'll pay for it so you don't have to. I will cancel your debt and you don't owe me anything. Now, can I just tell you this? This is true. Anytime you actually forgive somebody who's really hurt you, who pays the price? You do. You actually carry the weight. You say, you know what? I'm relieving you of owing me anything. I'll carry the burden for this. I'm setting you free. Now, in the case of God, with all of us, what was the price for sin? What happened when we got under the spiritual power and it darkened our minds and we started doing evil behaviors? What happened? We got alienated from God, separate from him. You guys, God is life. And if we're separated from him, what the Bible tells us is what we earned is death. We are actually separated from God and the wages for sin is death. 
So what's the price? If you're gonna pay a debt, if you're gonna, if you're gonna forgive somebody's debt, then what do you have to pay? You have to pay a life. Christ paid the price of death so that you don't have to. The price has been paid and you are free. (laughs) That's how his death forgave you. (laughs) He's like, there's a debt that needs to be paid. The payment is, is death. And Jesus said, I don't want you to have to pay it. I will pay it on your behalf. And that's why he says, you are completely free because you don't have to make the payment. This is forgiveness. God forgives you of all your sin because Jesus took on your sin and your death and so that you don't have to. That's how his death accomplishes reconciliation. The second thing that the this, this scripture says is God doesn't just forgive you, God redeems you. God redeems you. In Colossians chapter 1:14, in Christ we have redemption. And what's redemption? Redemption is when you are delivered by a payment or a ransom. Redemption is you make a payment, you make a ransom, and here's what's interesting, is you get back what was yours in the first place. If you have something and it's stolen, it's captured, it's kidnapped, right? This word redemption was used for prisoners of war. You belong to this country, and all of a sudden you become a prisoner. You're in a kingdom of darkness, a different spiritual power has you. You could pay a ransom and redeem that person and now bring them back home. If your child gets kidnapped, right, now they're under another force. And that power can say, here's the demand. You must pay the ransom. You pay the ransom. That's redemption. And you get your child back. And what the Bible tells us is that God, that you are his. You are his but you got captured by the spiritual power. And Jesus came to redeem you, to bring you back to relationship with God. Now, what was the payment? What did the payment? It was his death. Why? Because that's the price. It's a, you can imagine the person who's captured us in this sense, the spiritual power, the power is death. He's going, hey, the price paid to get this person back is death. So if you want them back, you're going to have to give up your life. And Jesus said, I want you back. I will pay the price of my life. I'm dying so I can purchase you and bring you home. Man, if you're a Christian today, listen, all your sin is forgiven. And God has brought you back to himself The third thing, this one, and I love this one. I haven't really thought about this until this week. It says that God qualifies you. How does Christ's death reconcile you back to God? It says he qualifies you. Look at this, Colossians 1.12. God has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people. Right, so he's brought you back. He said, okay, so great. You were living in sin. You were disobeying me. You were doing whatever you wanted to do. You were enemies in your minds. He goes, but I forgave you. I purchased you and I brought you back. And now you're part of my holy people. You guys know what holy means? It means separated unto God. 
God says, I'm taking you out of that way of life and I'm bringing you to myself so that we can share in his inheritance. And the inheritance that God gives us is eternal life. Here, here, here's a question. How many of you have ever been disqualified for something? Ever, you ever been disqualified? What, 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 what's that mean? It simply means you didn't do it right. And if you didn't do it right, you didn't get to participate. I, I just read a couple weeks ago, there's an NFL player. His name is Devin Allen. And uh, he's actually a world-class hurdler. And so he was in the world champions, world championships. He had just run earlier this year. He had the second fastest time in all of the world. And so he enters into the world championships and he got disqualified because of too quick of a start. You know, by how much? One one thousandth of a second. He started one one thousandth of a second too quick and they disqualified him. Seriously, if you, if you go online, watch the video because you can't even see him go too fast. But they had all their, right, the technology today. He didn't do it right. He was disqualified and he couldn't participate. Apparently, when we don't do what's right, we don't get to participate in eternal life, okay? Now, you can be disqualified, but you can also be unqualified. Anybody ever been unqualified? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hands raising up. That's horrible, isn't it? Because when you're unqualified, it's not that you didn't do it right, it's just you're not good enough, right? I mean, you're trying to get on the team and it's like, no, you're trying to get the job, no. You're like, you just get no, man. You are unqualified. You don't have what it takes. Hey. We were once completely unqualified to share in the eternal life of God's holy people. And we didn't do what was right and it disqualified us. Now here's the key. Listen, man, listen, every one of you. You can't, one one thousandth of a second, you can't and you never will be able to qualify yourself. What did the scripture say? God has qualified you. God has qualified you. Jesus took away all of your sin and in exchange, he gave you all of his righteousness. Now you have Christ. And God says, come on in. He qualified you. I love that one, man. That was so fun to look at. And then real quick, number four, what's the other thing you do? He rescues you. God has rescued you. Colossians 1.13. For God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Now, what's true about uh, being rescued is you only need rescue because what? You can't do it. <laughs> you know, if you're figuring things out, you don't call 911. <laughs> The only time you call 911 is if you don't come and help me, I'm tanked. I need you to come rescue me. So God is saying, listen, you were under a spiritual power. Your mind was darkened. You couldn't stop doing evil behavior. It's true of every human being. He goes, so what did I do? I came and rescued you. You guys, this is God's love for you. You didn't do that. You didn't figure out a way to escape the, pure, the kingdom of darkness. 
God rescued you. And if he rescued you, you are not in that perilous situation anymore. You're not in it. You are no longer under the dominion of darkness. He has rescued you, and that's the last thing. He says, and he transferred you. Colossians 1.13, God has transferred us into the kingdom of the dear son. I transferred schools. When I was a, when I, uh, my first two years of college were at Oakland University, I don't know, like 20, 25,000, you know, uh, people at a major university in the suburbs of Detroit. And then I transferred. You know what that means? You leave where you were. And I went to Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. Had 1,200 students and one stoplight. And it was a Christian school. I can tell you what, man, that was a major change. <laughs> Nothing was the same. And when you are transferred, you are no longer here. You are there. And God says, I have transferred you from the kingdom of darkness. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer under the penalty of sin. I have forgiven you. I have redeemed you. I have rescued you. And I have transferred you into the kingdom of light and of love and of righteousness of Jesus who loves you. And that is what is true about you. So what's your current reality? You guys, I'm gonna, I said it when I read it. What is your current reality right now if you're a Christian? Colossians 1.22. And what could be your current reality if you've been wrestling with God and you feel like he's angry at you? Look at this. But now, now, August 13th, 2022, right now, God has reconciled you in Christ's physical body through death. Look at these things. To present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. How many of you look in the mirror? How many of you thought about this last week and would go, man, I was holy and without blemish and free from accusation. I just did everything great. No, you didn't. You messed up this week. You disqualified yourself this week. But are you disqualified? No. This is the best news in all the world. Jesus Christ's death paid the price. And when he took you out of darkness and God rescued you and placed you into Christ in his kingdom, you are now in Christ and Christ is in you. And Christ is holy and he is without blemish and there is no accusation against him. You guys, I have memorized this verse. I can't tell you how many times in my own personal life I have wrestled because of the decisions I've made, the people I've hurt, the struggles over things I can't get over. And I'm telling you, man, your enemy, do you know what Satan's name means? You know what it means? He is your accuser. It says he stands in God's presence and accuses God's kids. And he's never going to stop. I keep thinking, man, 35 years, God, is he ever going to stop? 
No, he's not. Every time you do anything wrong, he's going to make you feel guilty. He's going to want to make you feel like ashamed. He's going to want to make you think that God has finally said, okay, man, I thought that was an, I'm, I've, that was too much work, Nelson. I can't do you. I want to tell you, man, I'll never forget. I was in my late 20s and I just did the stupidest, ungodly. I just sinned, man. And I thought, I was in ministry and I just thought, God's like, he's got to be so done with me. And I'll never forget, I sat there and here's what I felt like the Holy Spirit. You know, God has kind of a sense of humor sometimes. I felt like what the Holy Spirit said to me, what Jesus said, oh, that was the one sin that wasn't in Jesus' body when he was on the cross. And I had to sit there and I go, wait, 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 no. Was all my, was all my sin in Christ's body? Was it all your sin in his body? Yes. And so, but I'm telling you, man, I had to wrestle with it and I had to go, then Jesus, this one, this struggle, this sin, this thing that I feel so horrible about, Jesus is like, that's why I came. That's why I came for that one. I forgive you of everything you've done. Everything you've done. And man, he wants you to be free. So live in your freedom, you guys. If you need to be forgiven, redeemed, qualified, rescued, transferred, free, and in fellowship with God, Ephesians 2.8 puts it so clear. It is by grace you have been saved. You know what grace is, you guys? It's God's work, free. You don't do a thing for it. That's with everything I just shared with you. It's all God's grace. He reconciled you to himself. He forgave you. He redeemed you. He qualified you. He rescued you. And he transferred you. And you're like, well, what do I do? It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Today, if you need God's forgiveness, what he's saying is, all you gotta do is put your faith in me. Confess your sin. And turn to me and say, Jesus, I trust you to forgive me of all my sin. And if you will put your faith in Jesus, then he forgives you. It is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. I mean, I just want to tell you, there's way too many people destroying their lives because they feel like they've done too much. And God says, you cannot do too much for me. I rescue you. So if that's you today, it is by grace you've been saved. Now, all you Christians out there, if you're forgiven, if you are redeemed, qualified, and rescued and transferred, Colossians 2.23 said this, you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. And I'm going to tell you, man, I can't, I can't, I can't begin to tell you. I think in my 19 years here in Salt Lake City, I have struggled more to believe what I know is true. I know Jesus died for me. I know he's forgiven me. But there are times when I haven't believed it. 
where I still feel like God is angry at me for decisions I've made. I just guess if that's me, that might be you too. Even as a Christian, you might not be free. And you might be sitting here today and feeling like God is too angry at me. This struggle I have is too much. And today, you must continue to believe this truth. Stand firmly in it and don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. And here's the good news. God loves you. And he sent Jesus and Jesus' death accomplished your forgiveness once for all. He has forgiven you and he has redeemed you. So just confess your sin and he'll be faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you and set you free. So band, come on up. And uh, we're gonna take communion together. This is what Jesus wanted to make sure that we did. If you don't have, if you wanna take communion, if you're a follower of Jesus, you wanna take communion, if you don't have one of these, would you just raise your hand real quick and we have our team will uh, make sure that you get one, one of these cups. So go ahead and begin to take off the, if you haven't done this before, there's a really uh, fine, uh, uh, clear thing on the top. You just peel that back and it has the, the, the bread for us. Here's what Jesus said, you guys. You've got to remember me. Remember me. This is my body given for you. That's what this passage said. It was through Christ's death. He gave his life. The body is a symbol of his life. He's already given his life to let you know. You guys, this is how we know what love is. You are loved because God didn't wait for you to get your act together. He says, when you were powerless, when you were ungodly, when you were a sinner, he goes, that's when I die for you. But he knows you're going to struggle. The enemy's going to keep fighting you. So he says, do this in remembrance of me. Remember, you guys, let's remember Christ. He loves you. He gave his life for you. His death, his body, his physical death poured out for us, gave us our salvation. Let's eat in remembrance of him. And then Jesus said, and this is the cup of the new covenant. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sin. He said, drink and remember you guys. If you have anything today that you need to take a moment and just confess to God, God, here's the sin I feel like you haven't forgiven me of or you can't. Confess it to him. He is faithful and just. He will forgive you and he will cleanse you from anything you've done. Okay, let's drink the remembrance of him. Oh, Father, thanks for this good news. Thanks that you are not asking us to clean ourselves up, to try to escape our behaviors, to try to be better so that you'll love us. No way. You said, I love you. I'm coming after you. In the midst of your sin, why you still sin, that's when I die for you. Let me show you how much I love you. When you were powerless to do anything but live a life against me, that's when I die for you. 
God, we receive that good news today. We receive your forgiveness today. And Lord, for anyone here who's never actually said, I believe in you, Jesus. I put my faith in you, Jesus. God, will you please forgive me of everything I've ever done? Lord, move them into your spirit and give them that chance to respond as we worship you now in Jesus' name, amen. And as we do, as we do worship you guys, if any of you just need to make that decision, I'm gonna be standing right down here. I would love to pray with you. We can do it right during the worship. We can do it after the service. But just know, every one of us should be able to walk out of this place what God intended us to be. And that's free, man. Totally free and totally forgiven.